Hello and welcome to Off The Record. We're listening to the 100 greatest albums of all time and offering up our opinions, despite not really being asked. We are on number 96, Automatic For The People by R.E.M., released in 1992. My name is Tom and with me is a man who, in just the first four episodes of this podcast, has managed to offend half the music industry, the whole of the deep south of America, Rolling Stone magazine, all mums, me, Garfunkel and Hall, and defenseless school kids who like metal music. John, what have you got to say for yourself? <laughs> wow, that's a you know, it's an interesting point that you've raised there. Now I'd like to I'd like to clear up that I'd never say anything against Hall. Okay. You said he um Oates had a stronger moustache or something your words. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. That's not I'm not trying to offend anyone when I say that. Okay. Uh, uh is that the only one that you can defend? Uh well, who are the other people you Half the music industry? Depends which half you're talking about. Uh the mostly the pop half. Pop half needs some trimming back. I think they need to cut some funds, <clears throat> put the money into where the talent is and not just pump us full of mindless uh glittery shit so where's the talent i think the talent's in the streets the talent is in for sure the bedrooms and the talent is with the ute you know <laughs> and the yeah. talent isn't where some a and r executive who's chomping a cigar is trying to find the, the cutest most bubbly team to put up for five years and then let them suffer with their drug addiction and get the next one you know I don't like the the machine, you know. And yeah. I think we should rage against it personally. <laughs> well said. So, what have you got against mums? <laughs> I don't remember what I said about mums. I got a lot of time <laughs> for mums. You said um, it was uh, about Ed Sheeran. He said he makes pop music for mums. Oh yeah, he does because it's nice. And you went really patronising. Wow, was who who is that episode being released as of this episode recording? Yeah, that was that was during the. Is that is, is your critique based on feedback? Is it what I want to know? Um, or or you or just not just your. I opinion, was offended for your mums. opinion is okay. As long as no like actual mums were <laughs> sat and complaining about me. What about me? What about the time you offended me? Calling you Garfunkel. No, I'm over that. Okay, took a long was... took long enough. It was the time you said I liked Mumford and Sons. Oh, yeah. What was that, episode one? I think so, yeah. <laughs> How young we were back then. Yeah, you know? all that time ago. Well, let's keep it going. I'm going to keep on, uh, keep on keeping on until until I can't anymore. I don't know what you're referring to. Keeping on with my opinions. My, oh, I see. My, my good opinions. And yeah. I know that a lot of people will be agreeing with me. I guess that's why yeah, people come. Come to the in the droves to the podcast, yeah. Or, as I suspect, it's uh, people being guilted into it because they're all our family and friends. Yeah, true. I mean, I don't know how many strangers are listening to it, but I did see we had one listener in the Netherlands. I don't know anyone in the Netherlands. Neither do I. There we go. There you go. That's one. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. It's a slow takeover. You know, we do it one step at a time. Yeah. Um, I mean, how's your Instagram marketing campaign going? Instagram's going well, I think. You know, I feel <laughs> you like sure? I'm really capturing. Yeah, there's definitely. I'm definitely doing something. Are you winning hearts and minds? I did one cool thing with the uh, Spotify 2020 Wrapped thing that we got going on. Yeah, that was good. I got seven comments, uh, but you know, there's a lot, of, and one of them was me. 
<laughs> so six. <laughs> the six comments. But I got some good feedback there. Shout out to Alexandra underscore Shaw and Melissa B. Hola. Um, those are two people that really came through and got involved with the podcast community. Um, and if you would like your name set out on the podcast, please comment underneath John's post to make himself feel better. Yeah, and I and I did what you what you said I should do is say, you know, DM us with your opinions, your opinion and stuff like that. No DMs, got nothing. <laughs> they haven't got any opinions. Yeah, maybe that's it. Do you see the shade I threw at Joe Rogan? <laughs> yeah, drama. I didn't see that. Don't insult Rogan. He's got a legion of followers. Yeah, well, so, so if, if at least one comes over here to defend him, then that's a good thing. Oh, that's good. There's no such thing as bad press, right? Oh, that's such a toxic way of promoting the show. I'm starting Twitter beefs. I'm calling out all the all the big celebrities. Yeah, I did like I did like how you said we were better than most of the Radio Four shows. <laughs> which which ones in particular are we not as good as? <laughs> I like Desert Island Discs. You know they they, oh, they got good. they're solidified. They got their, you know they've been they've been doing it longer than us. We have got to admit that um, they've got a few few more episodes under their belt. Yeah, yeah, and they have pretty big names on. Uh, we all we can do is talk about big names. They actually come on willingly and talk about shit. So I think that's quite cool. Anyway, look, you so you need to pull your finger out and get the listener count up. Well, what kind of, what kind of, I mean, what do you do except from harass people on WhatsApp? What <laughs> you don't, but that was, that was quite successful, that little campaign. What were you doing to, uh, you know, I reckon the Netherlands listeners is Instagram. And if you're listening, Netherlands person, if you've made it this far, um, yeah, let us know who, how you found the, the podcast. Is it through Instagram and my excellent gorilla campaign? Or is it... <laughs> Is it just Tom's WhatsApp? Somehow, do you know Tom on WhatsApp? <laughs> <laughs> now, I was thinking about going around the streets and tagging the podcast. Just on like a and, bank uh, or on... For, uh, our, for our non-urban listeners, John, what does tagging mean? Oh, yeah, spraying with spray paint on walls. Thank you. Um, graffiti is the word you're looking for. Graffiti, yeah, if you want to call it that. You can call it that. Um, I was thinking about doing that. I think that would be quite a cool way of doing it. Or maybe on the police station on police cars and then all this pl- and then f- that's free publicity what do you think Are you up for uh i think that would uh blow back in your face quite substantially yeah they might take away our podcast license they might take us down off of apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify podcasts google music and so I- amazon music Oh, sorry, are you doing an advert? And Radio Republic, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I interrupted your advert. <laughs> um, I found out how many downloads we need before we can start advertising. Okay. So we are, um, we're currently on about 140, uh, which in, in two weeks, so let's, let's call it 70 a week. We need to average 500. 500 a week? Yeah. Blimey. We're, we're pretty far off that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could say that. What was that, what's our numbers so far? If you don't mind sharing it with our lovely viewers. Sure. Uh, at time of recording, mm-hmm. which is the twelfth of December, twenty twenty, we've had hundred and hang on. Yeah. Website's not working. Hundred and forty-two downloads. Wow. Okay. And episode one got 
about 60. Episode 2 got about 30. <laughs> Dad. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's going to happen, man. Uh, they didn't make it past episode 1. You know what they say, isn't it? It's like you don't make profit in the first year. That's very true. So yeah, I think Netflix still don't make a profit. Netflix, any money they make, they stick straight into making some teen drama, you know. Which I'm, I'm, I'm loving. You know, I don't watch. Uh, I've been watching Big Mouth. Yeah, I saw the new series was out. I watched the first episode. I haven't seen the new series. Don't we can't talk about. I'm, I'm a series <laughs> behind. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, the se- season three is really funny. I don't know how they get away with it. Yeah, dude, for real. I was thinking that. Like, this, the, the show is pretty crazy. Can you explain it for our listeners? I don't think I can. I don't think I have the... the... No, I know. That's why I asked you to do it, not me. <laughs> it's uh, it's a, a, a cartoon about puberty, and it's quite graphic. I think we just say that. Yeah. We leave it at that. that. But it's very funny. It's definitely 18-rated. So if you're a young listener... Which I'm sure we've got many. Uh, don't watch it if you're under 18. Why, why is 18 the number? You know, to me, society has kind of agreed that that's adult age. Yeah, drinking, voting, so driving's like 17. That's the anomaly. Yeah, and I'm allowed to ride a moped. You know, uh, at 16. Yeah, I think we all agree that was a mistake. I didn't crash or anything. One time I did. It did nearly. So I, mean, I nearly had a nightmare of, a, of an incident, but I didn't because I was under control. Well, talk us through it. So we pulled over. I was with a, a mutual friend of ours who got the exact same moped as me, same colour, same same style, uh, a year after me. <laughs> You're still so bitter about and he bought. He managed to find one in like mint condition, whereas I had to bloody remake me and my dad it was a fun experience between me and my dad granted so we got a lot of bonding time so that was good however who does that who's like oh john nice moped i want to buy the exact same one same color and everything i mean anyway that's besides the point after that happened it wasn't so bad because we got to go out together and have a bit of fun riding around being crazy youths and one time we pulled over because we saw a mutual friend and we pulled over, and as we were about to leave, I put, I'd revved the... Because my... Um, the thing about my one is you had to kind of keep it revving to keep the engine on. Uh, it had a, had a thing ticking over. It was fine, but you had to keep it kind of revving. Um, and then... So I was doing that, and I revved it a bit too much. I hadn't got on the bike yet. So the <laughs> bike like kind of flew away from me. And it kind of went <laughs> up on one wheel. And, and I managed to keep it in control and get on. And I, and I played it off, I like to think. I had to think Start that out. I looked like a stylish guy, like, uh, yeah, Vin Diesel or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that's, a, uh, that's a sobering lesson. Um, can we talk about REM now, please? Well, do you want to get into that? Yeah, I'd like to get into it. This, this is the first uh, episode where I've, I was already a big fan going in. But I don't think I've ever heard you talk about REM, John, in a good or a bad way. Mm. Uh, because... Because there's nothing to say good or bad about them. I mean, they have good songs for sure. They have some catchiness. Uh, we, I grew up on a greatest hits of theirs, so I know all their greatest hits basically. Um, but I've never listened to an album of theirs, I don't think, in my entire life until yeah. this week. Um, yeah, no, that is actually a good point. I say I'm a fan. 
I'm not a very good fan because, like you, I just listen to the hits yeah. and uh, don't have a lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, albums, but... my dad would play the Greatest Hits CD in the car sometimes. So, uh, you know, obviously I know Everybody Hurts and I know Man on the Moon and, and I know Losing My Religion. Um, Which other ones do you know, John? Those are the ones. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they've always just been the band that my dad likes and I've not really paid much attention to them. Uh, so it was interesting to look into them. Okay. Um, mm. They started working on the album whilst mixing their previous album. Mm. Tells you they were overflowing with ideas at the time. Yeah, for sure. Quite prolific songwriters. Yeah. Give us some more facts. Um <laughs> Could you give me 10 to 15 minutes so I can Google, <laughs> so I can Google them? Uh, I did like, I so I listened to uh, Michael Stipe and one of the other band members on a podcast called Song Exploder. Have you heard that? I have, yeah. It's a good, it's a good one, that one. It's very good. And they were talking about their song, uh, Try Not To Breathe. Uh, and they were talking about their like process. And so the other three members that aren't Stipe, I've got the names, uh, guitarist Peter Buck, bassist mike mills and drummer bill berry mm-hmm. good names uh they played on each other's instruments and like, it all swapped instruments and came up with some new stuff and then went back to their own ones and got the demos and then took them to stipe who would then add his lyrics and add his vocal melodies to it all right that's an interesting uh, way of doing things eh? i've not heard that before no nah. the other thing they said is that they uh just just whoever wrote the song, even if it's just one guy or two of them, credit would go equally to all of them for every song. Nice. I guess just in an effort to you know, keep that's the band together. That's where they keep the band together, yeah. Yeah. Won't have any money fights in the future. Exactly. Um, I know that uh, there are a few bands that operate that way. And I think uh, uh, Foo Fighters is one of them. Uh, because... Before Nirvana broke up, they were having some money issues and royalty issues uh, within the band. And obviously, Dave Grohl was a bit like, if we want to keep this band going and keep everyone happy, just, you know, keep everyone happy. Give them, give them, make it all equal, make the band fully equal. And it seems to be working for him, you know. So. That's good. And it's good that it came from Grohl because he is the big dog in that band. Oh, yeah, fully. I mean, it's, if, I mean yeah, if Taylor Hawkins had come up and said, I think yeah. we should all have equal share. <laughs> and Grohl went <laughs> slapped him down. <laughs> we, um, apparently, is, no, is Free Fighters on this list at all? I don't think so. I don't they, think so, no. They, I mean, they should have been. Their first album was really good. And apparently, uh, Dave Grohl had Taylor record the drums. Uh, for it for all the tracks and then didn't like it so he just redid the drum <laughs> himself and that start, didn't start the band off at the, great, the greatest uh, way but I think they sorted that out now but yeah, yeah. I, I think he was quite controlling at first and then realised that's probably not the way to function that must have been so scary being hired as the drummer for a band that Dave Grohl's in yeah man yeah for sure well he was a good drummer Taylor Hawkins still is he's probably up there Taylor Hawkins great I really like him I've, I've watched quite a few interviews with him he's quite funny as well He's really up there, and as is Dave Grohl, and it's you know my the drummer in it's no big deal. I was in a band, <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of no big deal, kind of a pretty huge deal too. At the same time, I was in a band, and the drummer was a big fan, and, and he enlightened me to a lot of um, how Taylor is quite a talented man. You know, doesn't get enough credit, I don't think. Yeah, 
Probably because he's in a band from, with Dave Grohl. With Dave Grohl, yeah. A very celebrated drummer, I suppose. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, th- why are we talking about Foos? Why are you started? Talk about R.E.M. Yeah. For the rest of time, please. You enjoy R.E.M. What, I really like R.E.M., John. Your history with R.E.M. is great hits, as you just said. Yeah. Um, and, a bit, and a bit extra. A bit a extra. A few album tracks. How, I mean, how did you come across R.E.M.? How did you discover it as a fan? In a... In a not dissimilar way to you, that I can picture that best, uh, that greatest hits album cover. Um, because yeah, we listen to a lot. Is it the Blue Moon? It's the Blue Moon one. I've got some notes that we'll go into, it will explain, it'll explain my love. So maybe okay. we'll go, we go, we, we launch straight into it, go into the song. Let's launch, let's do it. Let's do it, right? So, song numero uno and first single of the album was is the song Drive. What do you think? <laughs> my notes are really silly on this song <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to go and then you can add the the levity at the end yeah you go because okay, mine okay. is just, mine's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, quite a brooding start which kind of sets the tone for the rest of the album and the other thing it sets out is that the instrumentation is superb oh, it's wow. really rich there are layers upon layers uh, at the same time it never really feels too busy I thought mm-hmm. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Would that's, you agree? That's a good... Uh, <laughs> I didn't agree upon listening. Oh, we're going to disagree a lot in this episode, aren't we? But I really like what, I like what you've said. I like what you said. You really, you're kind of convincing me. Okay. Um, uh, my notes, all I could write for this first song, and and I listened to this album three times, I should say. Nice. So this isn't, this isn't come from a place of negligence, but I wrote... <laughs> 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 as does the rest of your opinions <laughs> i wrote jank and boring if this is how it starts i don't want to see the end and it was in all caps oh for god's sake <laughs> so do we even like music i didn't see that i didn't see um the side of that song that you saw and i think that's re- that's quite an interesting thing frankly it's... can you hear those strings yeah i heard them do you know who did the strings i don't who arranged them? John Paul Jones, Led Zeppelin bassist. Oh, okay, nice. That's pretty yeah, cool. He did a, he did three other songs as well. But yeah, oh, it's brilliant. If there, if there's one thing that REM really love, it's that kind of drone sound. Yeah. Either from a particular riff, or the song itself just keeps going round and round in the same pattern, which I can see would be quite off-putting. But I absolutely love it. There were some there were some instrumentations in this album that I really enjoyed. But I, yeah, this album, this song, I thought it was a really bad start because it's just, really? yeah, I just thought, I mean, I mean, how, I mean, yeah, I was just bored. I was bored and <laughs> I didn't like the vocal melody. If there was one, can't say much about the lyrics. I hear that, you know, Genius, my go-to website says that the lyrics are cryptic. That's damning with the faintest of praise. Well, well. What'd you make of his voice, though? His voice is his voice is real interesting. I like it. It's safe to say it's distinctive. Yeah, it's not a bad voice, and he and he can sing well. Like when he, there's some songs I really like, and he sings in like in a real good way. And there are some songs on here that I think he didn't sing very well. Um, but I think he's kind of got a voice that I think is a love or hate it kind of thing. And I think we're going to come across a lot more of those kind of people in this list. Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know. Yeah, 
you're that's... probably not wrong um, because if you're going to be at the top of your game, there's going to be a lot of people who hate you, and as many people that love you, I guess. Yeah, exactly. People you're paving the way like... in a new a new direction of music. Yeah, I mean the reason which that... I'm not claiming I'm not claiming Orion did do that. By the way, this is not I wouldn't say it's a brand new genre or anything, but I really love it. And I think Stipe's voice is one of the best in music. His he can sing about really sad, melancholy things, and somehow finds a way to make it sound hopeful and joyful. Wow, yeah, man, dude, you really like REM, and I, I I'm, really I'm like here REM for that. Film. I'm I'm fully here for that. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't have much to say about Drive. Okay, that's fair enough. It is a, I agree, it's quite a strange choice as first song because that will turn some people away. Because it is quite strange. Apparently, Stipe said it was the first song. He ever wrote on a computer. Oh, really? Yeah. That's from 19, Yeah, 1990, Shout. 1992, that kind of time. So that's interesting. I wonder. Okay. Well, let's move on to the second one because there's no way that you can dislike this one. This was nice. This was nice, oh. yeah. So it's called Try Not to Breathe. And uh, Michael Stipe said it was about. So this the episode was on Song Explainer. And he said it was about um, the end of his grand's life when she kind of wanted it to end right anyway uh yeah we won't get into assisted dying on this podcast no, I it's probably should. not the place to discuss <laughs> no, it. I, well, I was about to dive <laughs> into it but yeah no, okay it's not but um so that's where trying to breathe comes from but um she was a big influence in his life and how do they make a song about the end of someone's life sound so uplifting and anthemic that was a serious question I wanted to answer. I don't know. This is my favourite song, by the way. Wow, okay. Yeah. The I don't know what REM do differently with their when they write chord progressions. Maybe they don't do anything differently. I don't really claim to know anything about music theory. Mm-hmm. But whatever however they do it, they're absolutely masters at it, as far as I'm concerned. There's there always seems to be a chord that takes me by surprise. It doesn't sound like the logical next chord. Yeah. But it at the same time doesn't sound like discordant or wrong in any way. Yeah, dude. This one was very. Is this the one you wrote on the list? It sounded like a medieval thing. <laughs> no, that was. Um, well, that's just about the whole thing, really. I think they, they said, yeah, he, uh, Michael Stipe sounds like a, a medieval troubadour. Okay. He should be singing in like a king's courtroom. Do you not think? I can really picture it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Should we sing about. Days, uh, wars of past <laughs> heroes. <laughs> yeah, we. I can, I can see where you come from, and the, the acousticness of the album is kind of, kind of nails that in as well. Um, this song was really nice, actually. Yeah, I'm listening to it back now, and it's, uh, it's a real, it's a real pretty song. The one thing that I took from it, thanks to Genius.com, is apparently Kirk Vane died listening to this album. See, I read that in a few different places, but I didn't know if it was a rumour or just... I googled it after, and yeah, apparently that's the case. Uh, well, according to the sources we have on Google. Um, and which is kind of poetic in a way, because it's obviously about a, a mercy killing, sort of someone that can't endure any more suffering. And, and and the thing about that is Michael Stipe was friends with Kurt Cobain as well. And yeah, apparently very good tried, friends, yeah. Apparently before... Kurt tried to kill himself Michael reached out to him and was like let's do a music project together and bought him a plane ticket bought it sent a car to his house 
did everything to try and get him to come out to meet him and make a song, make an album together, or like a mixtape or whatever. And obviously, it didn't work out. And 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 Kurt Cobain even said that his next album, they were, they were going to do one more album, and it would have been in the style of Automatic for people in in the sense that it's, it's like ethereal and acoustic. Oh yeah, that's a great description. Was that your description, or are you reading off? I those are that's what Cobain said. Oh okay. I wish that's what I said because you that's a great description yeah and I thought it was good and I didn't ever know that Kurt Cobain and Mr. Stipe were pals like who'd see that no, I didn't and, uh, that. this goes to show but yeah man I guess that's kind of a bummer and it's kind of crazy when you think about the subject matter and he's listening to the album and they're friends it's just kind of a weird uh, gnarly coincidence or maybe, maybe it wasn't a coincidence but anywho uh, the sidewinder sleeps tonight <laughs> How's that for a change of time? Oh, mate, I love this song. I love this song. Oh, do you? Oh, great. This is uh, more of the slightly silly side of R.E.M. I really like this song. This has um, got to be... I don't want to announce it yet, because we, do we do that at the end of the episode, I feel like? Are you talking about favourites? Because I've already said mine. But mine is... I'm not fully decided yet, so this would be a bit of a, a, bit of a fun cliffhanger. But this is a contender for my favourite. Yeah, it is fantastic. Dude, yeah, I was just vibing to it 100%. And at first, I didn't know what he was saying in the chorus. I was just like, what is happening? You know, like, this is, yeah. this is good. But I don't know what's being said. He says more words than he should ever fit into that small span. Yeah, right? And, like, I don't think he really ever says it properly, but it's really, it is, call me yeah. when you try to wake her up. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like, come here to me. Yeah. Come here to me. Uh, yeah, great song. Great song. Uh, yeah. It is. And a lot of fun to sing along Dude, with. Yeah. I, just, uh, yeah. Did you catch um, Stipe laughing? At I did, yeah, man. About two and a half minutes. Because apparently he mispronounces uh, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. And I've always pronounced it Dr. Zeus, too. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, yeah. And he made himself laugh, but they just left it in, which I quite like. Because they were trying to make him say it the right way, apparently, the producers. And like they were like, and he just couldn't do it for the life of him. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the bassist apparently actually not. Let me let me correct myself. It was a bassist, Mike Mills, tried to get him to sing it the right way. Who could have been a producer? Actually, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, I was going to try and bring some balance to my clear love for REM mm-hmm. and say, do you think this song is some much needed levity on an album that's pretty harrowing at times? Or a slight confusion of the tone. Discuss. Uh, I think it's neither. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you know, I shot think, me down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the album is, you know, I, I guess not. It, it's no bloody Blink One Eight Two. You know what I mean? But oh, at the same time, God. in the sense that it's not just you know feel good, stupid songs. It's bleak, man. It's really bleak. There are songs on here that aren't. I mean, th- th- I think. R.E.M. are kind of a, a band that can do it both ways, have a bit of fun and also be bleak, you know. And you can see that with this song, and I think Man on the Moon is a bit... They have fun with that, even if it's not exactly like a like a funny song. You can tell they had fun writing it, and, and the lyrics are interesting. So... Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, they do a bit of both, and I think they do it well. Um, it, is, it is levity. It is much needed, potentially. But... I would take that as a win. Take it as a win, potentially. Um, and if we're talking about bleakness, the next song is uh, Everybody Hurts. Mm-hmm. I love this so much, John. Yeah. I, oh, 
Can you speak for a while? I just need to bask in reverie for a minute. Yeah, for sure. For me, for me, track four, Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. Uh, from their album, Automatic for the People, 1992. Um, for me, it's just one of those songs, like I said, I've heard R.E.M. since I was, you know, a, a sparkle in my dad's eyes. You know what I mean? So I can't... It's just always been a song that I know. So... Uh, today listening to it, I was just doing other stuff and I had the song on and I actually kind of, I don't know if it's kind of uh, lame, I kind of heard it for the first time today in a weird way. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I was like kind of semi not listening, but I was listening and I caught, I just heard it, man. I don't know how to explain it. I just heard it. And I wish, I wish I could have heard it for reals the first time today. Because I think I would feel like I found just like a really beautiful song, you know. I, I feel like I've discovered something. If I, but unfortunately, I had heard it before, and so it never really hit me in the way that I think it could hit someone who hasn't grown up with the song. It's a very beautiful song, very nice song. Uh, it's just nice and hopeful, you know, to anyone out there who is sad or whatever, hey, everybody hurts, bruh. You know, so, so you know, just let it, ride it out. Ride it out like a wave, man. Surf it. Surf it to the to the shore. Ride the wave to the shore, you know. Um, oh, I think I'm going to cry. Of sad, the, wave of, the wave of sadness, huh? I'm actually tearing up a little bit hearing you talk about Orium. Yeah. That was wonderful. Thanks, dude. I don't think I need to say too much more, but I will do anyway, because I like the sound of my own voice. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that the song has been massively overplayed. Yes. In all TV, film, adverts, and often in a slightly comical way. Yeah. Like, it'll be the pun- it'll be the punchline to someone, something slightly insignificant happening to a, to a character. Mm-hmm. Kid drops their ice cream. When the day is long. <laughs> um, so I... I think it's important yeah. to put that to one side and judge the song on its own merits. And there are many. Yeah, it's just a really nice song. It's a shame that it is overplayed a lot. And it's a shame that a lot of people wouldn't know it without fully being able to like have heard it in the context of the album. Or just in the context of like of just like hearing the song at the right time when you need it the most, do you know what I mean? Or yeah, when you're totally. least expecting it. Uh it's a shame that this has been massacred by radio <laughs> because it is really good yeah it's brilliant um and i think it kind of marks i think you can split the album quite neatly up into three parts mm-hmm. one to track one to four five to nine and then the last three and i think that kind of caps off what i think is a staggering first four songs i know you're not a big fan of the first two but Oh, first no, two was good. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. I know you're not a big fan of the first one. Um, yeah, and what an end. It could almost. It should really end an album. I think. I thought this. That's one of my conclusion notes. Is that the that the track list, the track order, could have been better. It could have. You know how me and my flow. I feel like I have to talk about yes. the flow because I have done the past four eps, and this one is um, like yeah. I mean, you've, you you kind of said it like. It's three parts, and I can I can see it in my nice brain picture that I like to explain to everyone every time. In this graph today, it's going to be up in 
you know some sort of uneven mess because uh yeah it's like three parts yeah there is definitely a flow to the album where you could consider it a three-part thing uh it's a classic three-part structure i can't yeah i can't argue with uh a strange flow that goes from sidewinder into everybody hurts yeah that's yeah and and quite jarring yeah and i guess we'll get to the last track when we get to it but i have things to say about that placement too okay yeah we'll get there um but the next song is a bit of an oddball uh it's in an instrumental Mm -hmm. about two minutes long it's called new orleans instrumental number one um yeah a bit strange bit of a instrumental palette cleanser just to give you give you time to think about what you just heard and everybody hurts yeah uh that or album padding what do you think you know what i love an instrumental and not enough bands do it i think oh, it's okay. off putting to the cigar cigar chompers in their in their in their monkey suits uh sat on their crystal thrones of of platinum records the bastards the scum uh i think <laughs> they they're afraid of a band just <laughs> i need to i need to i need to make notes of who you're <laughs> in this episode <laughs> they're afraid of letting a band uh be themselves and just be a band man and, and this and you know something that i'm sure one day you will get to experience as a budding musician and one thing i love have loved to experience is um the the feeling of just hanging out in a room with your boys and then you just play and you're just having a good time and you're just sort of like working with each other and it kind of becomes just uh kind of like a second uh nature like you can just feel off each other and i think it really is a testament to a band when they can successfully just jam for how long a minute two minutes and make something that they have fun with and they seem to have done that there and i enjoyed it and this was a contender for my favorite because i I have a lot of time for what? the instrumentals. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. That's that's all I've got to say. Song number five. Six. Six. Sweetness Follows, it's called. Mm-hmm. And as there again is that droning sound that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. A lot of droning. I do like the uh, church organ in the mix. Yeah. But not a huge fan of the song. Dude. On the whole, I'm 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 against you on that one. I I'm a, I was a fan of it. Uh, a solid tune is what I wrote in my notes because I'm really creative when I come to writing notes. <laughs> um, to me, it reminded me of. I think it could have been in a Zach Braff movie. You know, the, the protagonist yeah, is stood can, can in the rain, maybe in a forest or somewhere. There's definitely trees nearby. Okay, close your eyes, picture this, if you will. Uh, it's in the rain in near a forest, just sort of getting drenched, dude. It's a heavy rain. Well, not too heavy, medium rain. Um, and he's just standing there. He's realizing. Um, I'm saying he because I'm imagining it's being Zach Braff. Okay, but you can put yourself. Well, I assume Natalie Portman's with him. Yeah. Well, no, she's not. She. That's what who. That's who he's realizing stuff about. And he just stood there, oh, man. Course. Maybe looking across like a a valley, or something. And he's just realizing some real heavy stuff that he's like been avoiding for the first 60 minutes of this of this movie and he now he's finally faced it and he's come to terms with the fact that this uh you know this hurdle he's having to face is he's he's got to get over it buddy he's got to get over it and 
Yeah. So that was really good. And I that's so if I was ever write a Zach Braff movie, I'd stick it in there. Um, and it's a good positive perspective on on death. I think because you know people. People are scared of death. I think it's, it's, it's FOMO. I think it's why people are scared of death. Uh, if you don't really? know what FOMO is, fear of missing out. I think mostly people mm. are like, I don't want to die because I want to see like aliens and stuff. And it's like, I get it, but you got to die. I think it's more fear of the unknown and what comes next. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. Maybe it is, you know, but maybe it's also FOMO. Could be. Could be FOMO. I think maybe the song could have been a bit too long, uh, but... I liked it on the whole. Oh, nice. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. What did you think about the next one, though? Monty got a raw deal. Yeah. Is it called? Yeah. Um, I thought that... Uh, okay, well, I didn't really like it. But then I did my, my research on the song. And it's a pretty interesting subject matter, to be fair. Uh, it's about some dude from the 50s, a, a, a game show host called... Montgomery Clift um, and also another guy called Monty Hall apparently so I don't know which one's which but anyway apparently Clift had a car accident and sort of went from being a popular game show host to, to being a, a recluse addicted to painkillers because he had a car accident um, and the song is kind of about that like I guess the 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 fall of a of a man or whatever and it, i guess from what i understand the the, the name of the, the the idea of the show was that he'd get he'd give people deals he'd make deals with people it's kind of like deal or no deal but i guess the irony is he got a pretty bad deal and I, that's from what i understand from reading about it is what the song is about so that was interesting to read about but you need that much context to make the song interesting yeah you shouldn't have to do that much homework yeah you don't you shouldn't yeah yeah it was my least favourite song on the album. For sure. Quite you, John. Cut it. Get out of there. Yeah, man. Yeah. I would cut it too. Um Okay. So we didn't we didn't particularly like Monty, but um that's fine because there's plenty of other songs to go. Uh, Ignore Land is the next one. Yeah. And it is an out and out protest political song. Yeah. And even without the lyrics, I think you'd know just from the music it is a protest song. Yeah. I think it really set the set set the sort of mood it sounds really industrial to me all i can hear is all i can see is like factories and mines and stuff when i hear this oh wow what do you think uh well for me i thought uh the song yeah the song and the music was quite good i guess uh this is another one i thought went on a bit long uh the end the end bit was just repeated a lot and i think if they'd kept the same if they wanted to keep this length you know add a little something in there a little a little guitar a little solo maybe an outro you know something cool um so I thought it went on too long. Um I think That's fair. It is a protest song, you know, the lyrics are pretty he's sort of just listing the reasons he doesn't like uh Republicans. Yeah, so this is REM raging about the Republican Republican administrations of Reagan and Bush senior. Yeah. And in general they're very anti Republican. Yeah. Which is why it didn't go down very well when both Trump and Ted Cruz used rem songs on their like campaign trail right <laughs> well you so know. many bands so many bands had to issue trump a cease and desist yeah. to uh to stop him from using their songs you know what? if trump was offering me 100 milli to play one of my songs he didn't offer them any money well that's the problem he just played them without that's, asking that's the problem 
You know, what, what yeah. are these kind of people going to do? They've got to eat. You know what I mean? Trump, you've got enough money to cash to go around. Idiot. Just give them some. And maybe there wouldn't be yeah, so much Although I think, I, th I think they were objecting on like a moral ground. Oh, yeah, for sure. Rather than just money. For sure. But, but I reckon <laughs> their morals would quickly slip away for 100 milli. A clean 100 milli. But, no, you know, uh, yeah. No one likes Trump, really, do they? Except Marcel's. And, um, and I think you could probably take bits and bobs of this these lyrics and stick them in ignore land part two donald in, that was in parentheses donald uh and you know it was still it's, it's amazing to me how much how much hasn't changed in what sense that the mega ultra power dosing relaxed defense 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 people are still in power and always have been that's a quote from the song that's nice yeah there's another lyric later on in the song which i really like where um stipe talks about how he realizes that this song doesn't really provide any answers and he's just ranting yeah it kind of he is says, it's kind of just uh, he was mad oh god i'm sorry he says that i know this is vitriol no solution spleen venting but i feel better having screened don't you yeah it sounds better in the song. I promise. It does. But, it uh, does. Yeah. It's a great lyric. It is. Yeah. Because it was kind of what I was thinking. I was just like, you're just listing shit. So I mean, I mean, that's all protest songs really do. But I guess, um, in a lot of ways, you'd hope a protest song could get you amped up enough to want to like at least, at the very least, hold a sign up somewhere, or maybe, I'm not going to say sign an online petition because they're a waste of time. <laughs> but <laughs> hold a sign up. This is my issue. This is my issue with Banksy. <laughs> At the risk of alienating listeners. As much as I appreciate his artwork, I'm convinced he goes home and sits on his iPhone and watches Netflix. I just, he must do. I'm just convinced. Yeah, well, he's not living in a cave. He's <laughs> about <laughs> capitalism and he definitely watches Sky TV. But you know what? The thing is, like, you can, I mean, you can moan about it and you can have issues with the system, but that doesn't mean that you have to be like outside of the system to have issues and point out system uh, issues that's with true it. that is very you know true I mean? like you know we were put into this world you know you and i were born into it and whether or not we agree with the, the structures that we're put into we have to kind of deal with it and i and i might want to be i want to live in an anarchist society and just have ne never wear trousers never <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not about to go to you know nationwide with no trousers on and then be like what the fuck you know why is everyone looking at me like i know full well i have to exist within the rules that i've been put into but i reserve the right to complain about it and you know tell people why i think they should agree with me you know is this in your manifesto no trouser wearing yeah. yeah fully so i think yeah i mean banksy yeah you're gonna have hypocrites especially when you've got a successful artist i think unfortunately if you're an artist it comes from a place of you'd hope a place of like deep emotion and your own truth and then you become successful and run the risk of becoming a hypocrite or even a sellout if you're a punk as soon as you sign to a major label you're a sellout <clears throat> and the things or you do adverts for butter you do an advert for butter and the things you think about and have said are no longer relevant but it's just like you know i'm sorry for using the system in my favor like it's it's whack that it happened to that person but you know banksy he's out there and i think a lot of the time people just are hyped on banksy not because of the social commentary but just because they think oh look at that it's pretty cool and um so there's that 
Yeah, he's got a good marketing team. There's not much you can, yeah, for sure. But there's not much you can really do about that. Um, but, you know, let the man use it. It's, it's okay to use an iPhone and watch Netflix and at the same time realise that what you're doing is very uh, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what can you do about it? You're not going to... You know, if you stop using an iPad, if you stop using your iPhone, then you're just basically like an old person. And you see how much they struggle. You know, I didn't say I had any logic towards this argument, John. I just said that <laughs> that's what I think. When he might not do, he might live in a shack like the Unabomber. But might, uh, as, far as, I, as far as I'm concerned, he lives in a nice two, two up, two down. And um, yeah, and uh, no, he'll have more money that way. Four bed, four bed detached. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got a book. He, he had a book out and stuff. So he's got yeah, he's got a nice or like a studio apartment somewhere nice in London. Yeah, quite possibly. But yeah, he's he's got book money. So if he doesn't have any money from anything else, he's got at least book money. And his book was sick. I, I'd recommend reading it. Uh, I think Banksy's a pretty cool guy. Is it a biography or uh, sort of a collection of pictures of, of his work? And he wrote about. It's a picture book. It's a picture book where he wrote about like. Sort of, his, it's kind of like he wrote some, writes about his like opinions and stuff. One thing that really got me, uh, okay. one thing that really hit me well, was him saying that people have an issue with graffiti. You know, people painting on walls uh, their artwork. Basically, if you want to let's, let's boil it down to what it is, but people don't have an issue with seeing uh, a fat. I think I take it on a case 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 by case basis. All right. Well, it's, let's say for Banksy and like the kids that aren't just spraying. He he definitely is. Uh, he of is, course. and I think there are a ton of people out there that are really talented graffiti artists. Um, yeah, and obviously, yeah, I'm not saying just writing John Drawing on a big wall. Cock and balls and on the I'm wall not expecting. Not I'm not, yeah, I'm not expecting someone to think that I would be an artist for for doing that. But um, he was saying that people have an issue with that and think that looks ugly, and yet have no issue walking through town and there's just billboards and adverts posted up everywhere. Anywhere you turn is an advert. Like that's more unsightly in his eyes, and I don't. I'm gonna have to agree with him than a painting of a man or whatever. And so I thought, you know, he's got he's a pretty cool guy, and he's saying some cool stuff, and his book's nice. Are you Banksy, John? Let's move on to (laughs) (laughs) Um, next song is "Star Me Kitten." Um, I. I quite like it, but I don't think it. I don't think it plays to Michael Stipe's strength, no. which is singing like I think powerfully and just really blowing out the pipes. Yeah. I think when you stre- restrain him to sing this softly and slowly, it removes quite a lot of his charm. Definitely, but I think it's quite a nice you, song. You hit the nail on the head there, Tom. Uh, his voice was not utilized enough to the point where it sort of lacked any charm that it did have. I didn't enjoy it. I thought you could. His voice was remixed really quite low beneath the music that already wasn't blowing my mind. And then on top of that, he was singing weirdly. I just didn't enjoy yeah. it. Cut it out. Get it out of there. Okay. Well, I haven't got too much more to say. Nah. Negative stuff to say because we're on to the home straight. The last three songs, all of which were singles, I think. Oh, cool. Maybe not Night Swimming. I think Night Swimming had a yeah, it was. single artwork so on the website. So, yeah. So, Man on the Moon is a tribute to comedian Andy Kaufman, who I don't know much about, but I believe he's a bit of a, like, a surrealist. Yeah. He big hero to Jim Carrey. Yeah. He's a big name amongst the American comedians. 
big big song. Uh, I I will be surprised if um yeah. Well, I wouldn't actually be surprised if you hadn't heard it because <laughs> not a lot of people listen to REM. But I think you would have heard it. Yeah, I think they would have done. Yeah, I think I think the people that we know are listening at least will have heard this song. Uh, any new fans who have, I don't know. I'd be surprised if you've heard anything. To be honest, I don't know you. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I also read uh, in for Man on the Moon the excessive use of the word "yeah." Mm-hmm. Did you have you oh, read this? Oh, no. It was a sly dig at Cobain. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, Michael Stipe told. Kurt Cobain that Nirvana used the lyric yeah too much oh right so yeah so he made a song and tried his hardest to use yeah as many times as possible yeah that's funny I can't think of too many people that could get away with insulting Kurt Cobain's songwriting but well they're best buds he's uh, Mr Mr Snipe was it? <laughs> not Snipe Stipe uh, he, he was he's godfather to Kurt's daughter isn't he yeah so they were tight they were like tight in like on a next level level, you know. Anything more to add on Man on the Moon? Nah, that's it. Nice. We'll move on to penultimate song then. Night swimming. Mm. Oh, that was that was not a good. Um... No, I mean, I, I <laughs> it wasn't. I didn't mean for it to be a bad. Um... No. This is the uh, this song's the reason I started learning piano. Oh. And that turned out to be too hard, so I learned guitar instead. <laughs> Yeah, piano is difficult, man. I, I'd like to really pick. I'd like to learn it probably. REM even make piano ballads sound cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, piano ballads are cool, man. I think a piano song. Uh, the reason I want to learn piano is so I could go into like a hotel lobby and yes. sit down at their grand sit piano grand. and just play some beautiful stuff, and then like everyone would be like, "Whoa," you know. And I'm gonna gather around me. I could put a cup on the thing and maybe get some tips and just have a good time. And everyone would just be like. Who is this genius? Yeah, and I'll say, me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, yeah, not quite good with the words as you are with that playing piano. But... <laughs> uh, not something I really liked it, and it's and it's a contender, bro, for my fave. Oh, this is up there, is yeah, it? Yeah, I really enjoy those it. melodies. REM is yeah. king of melodies. The piano line and the vocal line is amazing. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Um, have you ever been nights with me? I ha- uh no, I haven't. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should. Um, where's I mean, where can you? There's no lake around here. That's got a pond. Yeah, I guess so. All right, fair dues. Um, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, really nice. It's a really nice song about. Go. I mean, Americans seem to love going to the lake for the summer, and it's, it's basically it. You know, being a kid, living life to the fullest, not care. You know, going out, having a, having a dip, loving life, and you're looking at the stars and you're thinking, how can it get better than this? And then you grow up and stuff. And um, that's kind of what the song's about, eh? Would you say? Um, yeah, I can I can hear that. I, d- I don't know, to be honest. Okay. I don't go as deep into it as you as you do. All oh, right. I just, I just like the plinky plonky piano. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, then, in that case, yeah, I, I, will, I will say... That that's what it's about and it's um a very nice sort of way i would have ended the album on this because it's because this song isn't i don't think this is a sad song it's it's, it's kind of bittersweet no. you know like yes. like nostalgia yeah, exactly. is i guess you know so it's like yeah it's not exactly man on the moon but it's um it's a whole it, you know you feel good listening to it even though it's kind of 
Yeah, bittersweet. It's just bittersweet, man, and I like it. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. And just and talk about the uh, much derided from you last song on the album. You think it didn't really fit? It's called "Find the River." Yeah. And I love those. I love that chord progression. Again, it just doesn't go the way. Every time I listen to it, it doesn't go the way I expect it to, which doesn't make any sense. But I think it just it's just great. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> um, yeah. It was okay. It was okay. It, it, it kind of like, if they swapped Night Swimming in this round, maybe I would have found it. I would have enjoyed it. But Night Swimming was just like, I was just like, wow. You know? And then this kind of came on and I was like, not as good. Um, yeah. Because it's kind of like about death. Um, the whole album's about uh, death. This is what I meant yeah, about well, being seems... melancholy and harrowing. Yeah. There's definitely moments, or, or at least, yeah, and and then you've got Night Swimming, which is about, like, nostalgia, looking back in, in happiness, and uh, which is something people tend to do, you know, when things, when they feel like things aren't as good. So, yeah, I mean, I get you that it's a bit of a bummer album. There are some nice times. Sidewinder, Man on the Moon, big tunes, man, big tunes. So what is your favourite? Uh, you've kept I've had I, uh, three contenders, which obviously, yes, Sidewinder instrumental uh number one and night swimming um i can't think of any other albums that we've done that you had three to choose from surely this means this is the best album uh yeah i mean to be fair <laughs> <laughs> i don't expect you to answer that that way that was intentionally <laughs> aggressive <laughs> no but you're right man you're right so far i haven't had that, uh, this many songs come on pick one then we can play a game and call it a day it's a tough one man because I need to add it to the playlist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I want the I want the playlist to have like I want it to be good. I'm gonna have to. G- Don't worry about curating a good playlist. It's, it's about yeah, it's just about being on being true to you, being true to me, being true to the listener. I can't decide between Sidewinder and Night Swimming. I like them both. Like they're both brilliant. But if I have to choose, do you want me to get the um? Velvet Underground guitar pick. <laughs> no, that's just, that's rigged. That's a that's a rigged plectrum. Um, oh man, I'm gonna go night swimming. Nice, close. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, but side one is close, and I'd recommend people listen to that if you wanna if you wanna hear a good song. But for sure, night uh, night swimming is a beautiful tune. So definitely great, cool, good stuff, good album. I liked it, man. You sounded more positive than you did just before we got into the song by soul yeah man did i turn you or did uh have you just woken up i think it helps um hearing someone that likes a band and an album tell you why at least for me tell you why they like it um it helps me kind of appreciate it in a way that i didn't because i just i mean i take things how i take it and um maybe i'm listening to to things that you wouldn't listen to and and I, and I haven't heard things you have heard in a song you know what I mean so it's good to hear I like to hear your opinion and you know it opens up my mind to it so absolutely well I, that's why we do this that is why we do it that's why we do it for everyone listening um, and it's why we're doing it for another 95 episodes <laughs> <laughs> oh 90 no it will be 96 because we've got a special should we announce that Christmas special. because no, this, this will come out um, after that one. Oh, okay. We'd scratch that. Scratch that. That's a good point, though. I did want to say this, all things going well, this 
episode will come out on January the 1st. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Wow. It's hope it's a good one. I think it'll be a good one, won't it? It'll be, it can't be much worse. I think it'll be a positive year. Yeah, because like we've it's been in a ditch of shit this whole year. So, I think next year, if it isn't any better, then what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start building bunkers, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can. Right, okay. All what, right. Um, what band are you, have you picked for me, John? I, or band or artist? I have picked. Yeah, I'm and I have. Let's okay. do that while we're talking. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've picked a fellow, a fella I reckon you like. Okay. Um, John, add drumroll. It's Tame Impala. Ah. Oh, I absolutely adore you do. Tame Impala. But do you adore them enough to know what the top five is? I don't, but I'll uh, take a guess. Let's do it. Okay, I think in the top five will be... Feels like we're only going backwards. Yep. Um, I think... Oh, shit, my brain's gone. Brain's gone, Dad. Um, Elephant. Mm. Oh, I don't like that song. <laughs> yep, you're correct. Elephant. Is it? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, the. What else? Um, oh, this, this takes as long as it takes because I'm not forfeiting this round, okay? Alright. Takes as long as it takes. Um, The less I know, the better. Yeah. That's up there. That's got to be. That's, that's up got there. Be, this is my streamed. Yeah. I. This is contentious because it's definitely def- probably my favourite song, but it's about eight minutes long, so it might is unlikely to be in the top five. But I'm gonna say, let it happen. Yeah, that's in there, man. Yes. We're on for five, John. <laughs> this can be a, a podcast first. <sighs> Which one to go for? Um, okay, I'm gonna pick one off the. Uh, <laughs> quite tense now. Um, okay, I'm gonna go for lucidity. No. Uh, Why'd you choose lucidity, man? Why? Because I really like it. Yeah. Gonna take another one. Um, go on then. It would have been Borderline from his new album. Oh, of course. What a great track. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy with four. Four's good. Four's strong, man. I'd be happy with four. It's strong. Uh, I think it's going to be close, though. I think you've got a good chance. Oh, my God. I'm nervous. I am. How am I going to live it's up a... to four? Well, you're dude and it's another dude although Tame Impala I guess they're a touring band but it's all done by Kevin Parker yeah um, your dude is Kanye West oh man alright well okay you ready you ready he must be due a new album soon um, when did uh, when did that gospel one come out I came out last year okay anyway sorry yeah go on I'm ready so I suppose let's go bound two. Not even in the top ten. Are you for real? 
<laughs> uh, N words in Paris. Yes, correct. And uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, gold digger. Yes, correct. That's fifth. Um, um, there's got to be more from graduation. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Um, uh, I'm not maybe, giving any more clues. Maybe black skinheads. No, that's not in the top ten either. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Um, not on graduation though. Talk me through that. No, yeah, because I was thinking. I was just, I was trying to think of two different, two different thoughts. Yeah. Um. um how many have I had? I got one more guess, haven't I? You've got. Yes, you've got two right, two wrong so far. What did you say? Yeah. Um, there is one on graduation. The is other it, thing. Uh, uh, I can't think of if this is the right name. It touched the sky. No. Which one's that? It's when it goes. Oh, well, how about um? <laughs> shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've already lost. You might as well just keep going. <laughs> I was gonna want to go. Stop the music now. Yeah, I will. And then we'll just do this all for fun. Um. Good, the good life. Yes, Dude, the T-Pain. Oh, I love that tune. Oh, so what dumb. a track! That is so good. So Such good. Such a great song. Man. And yeah, not in his top ten. Guy's got some hits. Oh, two other um, Tell him you're to. missing. Yeah. You're missing stronger. Oh, okay. Four or five seconds. That's a nice song. That's a nice Rihanna song. and um, yeah. Paul McCartney. And power. Power. Uh, yeah. See those. Uh, those two, not including. Uh, so yeah, uh, the one that I like four or five seconds, but the other two. I'm, they're kind of I don't know why they're so popular they're kind of not that like good I don't think I used to listen to Power quite a lot when I was running at uni yeah but apart from that you know I probably wouldn't listen to it Stronger's quite quite fun I think yeah I guess but not as good as um, not as good as Good Life no Good Life is, is an un, is an un, underappreciated tune cool alright cheers bud good good pod man do you have any final I messages uh, no, next week it will be Drake. Yeah, that'll be And good. I imagine the roles will be reversed <laughs> as they were from uh, from this episode. Yeah, I like Maybe Drake a lot. You showering it with love. I like Drake, yeah. I, I think he's uh, he started off to me as a guilty pleasure and then became just a genuine pleasure. I, I, and, he, and he's got a lot of good tracks. He's I've got a lot of time for him. And I'll get, I'll get more into it, the reasons I like him and stuff, on the night. But uh, yeah. Definite. Do you think he? Do you think he counts as a guilty pleasure? He's surely he's too big and at too. At first he was when I got into him. I felt like I was listening to him. And I was a bit like, "Ooh, Drake for real." I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, right, okay. But then uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of when nothing was the same came out. Um, and there's some tracks on that. I, I just kind of listened to it. I was just getting into him. And I was like, "Is this good? Is it not? I'm not sure. I kind of like it. I keep coming back to it." But then, yeah, then it. Uh, then I just got into it and I, I got to say he put out a string of solid albums man if you're I mean it depends on if you like that kind of stuff but don't get me started we'll on find it. out we'll talk we'll about find it out. later on but yeah check that album out listeners uh, before you get into this pod if you like also remember to follow underscore off the record underscore pod on Instagram and get involved with the chat god damn it and yeah, and, and email email one zero zero DM off the record at gmail.com alright Cheers, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye.